Watch who? Hello and welcome to the Doskers, a special episode where we are celebrating season two of Doctor Who. My name's Mark, and I'd like to introduce you to my co-host and fellow panel judge for the Doskers, Sarah. Hi. We did this last time after season one. We look back and celebrate the stories, the characters, the monsters, all the moments of the last season that we've enjoyed. And maybe some that we haven't enjoyed. A lot of things happened in season two. We lost Susan. <laughs> we gained Vicky and Stephen. Lost Ian and Barbara. Oh yeah, we lost Ian and Barbara. Lots of different ants, ants of all sizes. Um, various Hoover, Hoover monsters. Um, lots of different things. Do you give a shout out to the ants? Shout out to all the ants. So many ants. I mean, if there is an ants theatrical family, I mean, we had middle-sized ants in Planet of the Giants, big, big ants in Web Planet, and the little ants that at Ian's hand in the Crusade. So all sizes of ants. <laughs> we will announce the nominees, have a little bit of a chat about each one, and then we will reveal the winners. Yay, exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's get on to our first category. And we have Best Monster. So this is Best Sort of Alien Creature. And the nominees are... Sandy, The Rescue. Vicky! Mechanoids, the chase. The Daleks, Dalek invasion of Earth. We are the bastards of Earth. We are the bastards of Earth. We are the bastards of Earth. Minoctra, the web planet. Head on. Will you come back to Vortis? Oh, I doubt it, Reston. A good category. There's a few more monsters this season than last season, I think. There was quite a lot to shortlist from. Not many amazing creatures. We're still, you know, I think we're still in a stage of Doctor Who where, because like Doctor Who is known for monsters, but I think we're not there yet. The sort of golden age of monsters is more to, towards the 70s and beyond. We're still, because we've got such a mixture of the historical ones and the human characters. Yes, there are monsters, but they're still not, they're still sort of few and far between. We're getting more monsters as we go along, I think. Yeah, I'm sure. Right now, this is what we got. Well, let's let's go through them then. So Sandy, we had Sandy down. I I insisted, I think, that Sandy from the rescue, RIP Sandy, I know it wasn't an amazing creature, but it just, at least it had an emotional impact. Apparently, we just categorised them as different to human because Sandy wasn't really a baddie. 
You could say that about the Monoptera as well that are coming up. Yeah, so no, I know Sandy wasn't a baddie. At, at one point, we did think it was a baddie before we knew it was Vicky's pet. But also, it's a memorable creature from the series. We all we all love Sandy, don't we? So don't we, everybody? <laughs> so um, I I think yeah, it's got to be there. Got to be in the list for me. Um, then it was the mechanoids. Mechanoids. I really like them. You thought they were a bit Hoover like, didn't you? I like them. They were the ones that you said if they were in colour, you imagine them to be gold. Yeah, but I think they are silver. Yeah, you know, I really like them. They're sort of invented to be something to go up against the Daleks. They're just they are a bit big. But um, I like them because one of my big criticisms generally of most of the Doctor Who things so far is how uninventive some things have felt. And they felt very unique and different in the same way that the Daleks are. They were designed. They were very well designed and thought through rather than a what have we got lying around to stick together. They were, they, I feel like there was a concept behind them and thought and like where they you know where they lived in their city that was sort of made out of like I don't know polystyrene or whatever but <laughs> it, it was designed and how and how they lived and the ramps that they had and their doors <laughs> it was very well designed the world around them they felt like something that was considered and well thought like to begin with I, w- I thought they were good when you say the monoptera for example I know we're jumping ahead a little but you're going to have to remind me specifically what the Monoptera is. And I can't actually specifically picture exactly what Sandy looked like. Whereas the Mechanoids, I do have in the chase a square. Oh, yeah, and I remember exactly what it looked like. In the same way that the Daleks, you know what they look like. I can remember the details of that. And they weren't along that. They weren't around that long. They were only pretty much in one episode of the chase. They came in at the end, yeah. Yeah, they come in at the end, like appear, and then like odd bits in an episode, and that's it. Uh, the Daleks. Well, we had to have the Daleks. They're in two stories. You can get a bit over Dalek, I think. Saying that, even the Daleks last season, they, they've all been really good stories so far. I mean, we've only had three, but actually that they've done different things with the Daleks each time, and they've been memorable stories. It's just the Daleks themselves when there's big, long scenes of Daleks talking to each other, I'm not engaged at all. I, I enjoyed them in The Invasion of Daleks, that one. That's when I enjoyed them the most, when we lost Susan. Because I... Felt... <laughs> when, we... <laughs> when we lost Susan. Enjoyable moment. <laughs> um, that's when I was, because I could see that there was a genuine fear as in, as a human, being in that, I don't know, I, I could, like, appreciate that more. Yeah, they, they have to keep doing something different with them and something interesting. And, well, well, we'll see how the Daleks go, because a Dalek story is never far away. I think as well, it's the fact we've had two this season. I, yeah, I think that was a bit much. I didn't really realise that when we, and now we're going on in, in order, yeah. They, they do come back very quickly, but it's because they were popular and people wanted them. So, you know... Who, you know, the kids of the 60s, if that's what they want, that's what they get. <laughs> okay. And then we've got the Monoptera. So they're the bumblebee people. Oh, yeah. But they weren't baddies necessarily. I can't really, oh, I saw a bit of a literal blur on Vortis um, <laughs> since. Um, so they're only in this category because 
that whole storyline was monsters. So we had this, we had a space and we were like, we have to honor the fact that that entire storyline, however shit it was, was all monsters. And we cannot ignore that and not have a monster in it for a monster category. So it was who was the least annoying between the new new, the bumblebee, and the oh the ant, wasn't it? The ant with the weird legs. And it was also a shout out to the hairdryer. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> we went with the bumblebee. And yeah. I think that sums up why it's in this list. It's just in terms of the design out of them as well. It was an inventive design. We give credit for their ambition, but not credit for the final production. <laughs> yeah, we don't give cre- like credit for the fact that they existed within a storyline of just monsters, and we give credit to that idea, but not to the monster itself. It just so happens to be here as a token. Yeah, there we go. The, the judging panel has spoken. <laughs> <laughs> we should say now... We don't always agree on things in these categories. Like, this has been tough. There's been some close moments with me and Mark on this, but this is something we agree on. <laughs> Shall we announce the winner? Yeah, you can announce the winner, Mark. Okay, I have I have the envelope here. <laughs> and the winner is for Best Monster. The Mechanoids from The Chase. Yeah, <laughs> I I really do. I love the mechanoids, and it, the chase, as I say, is one of my favourite stories. So, and I know te- technically not a monster, more of a robot, but still, I think everything went together with that: the design, the intention, and their use in the story. It all just came together. Where sometimes, you know, it, it, that doesn't always happen. <laughs> it worked really well against the Daleks in terms of their purpose well yeah i mean what could go up up against the daleks you know that's the whole point they were designed to go up against the daleks and they probably were designed to fail against the daleks but that to show that battle i mean kids in the 60s would love that you know with the pow and the the flashes and the fire and that whole battle at the end that's what you know that's what they were designed to do and and it worked perfectly so yay mechanoids (laughs) right you go next Okay, next category. So our next category is best villain. And these are the villainous human characters that we've met in the series. Always very memorable. And the nominees are... Forrester from Planet of Giants. Then he told me he couldn't authorise DN6. I had too much money sunk into it. I had to kill him. Bennett from the rescue. I dressed up as Kaquillion to show her how terrible the people here were. Elakir from the Crusade. The only pleasure left for you is death. And death is very far away. And the monk from the Time Meddler. I couldn't have picked a better place for my headquarters than this. A deserted monastery right on the coast. Gullible peasants who believe everything I say to them. Ha <laughs> ha! Now, I think this category, we had a lot of discussion because there are so many characters, me- memorable villainous characters in all of these stories, especially with some of the historicals. So there were some other mentions. We talked about 
Well, I, I talked about Nero and his wife. Oh, yeah, we had a big debate about that. And obviously there was Saladin and there was the um, the characters from the Space Museum. I sort of wanted Nero in, but you didn't. You said he wasn't so much as a villain, but... No, I didn't see him. I think he is. I think Nero was a villain. See, I saw him more as historical context and as comedy value. What he did... Well, I don't know. Yeah, he... he because he was more comedy, I, I see what you mean why he wouldn't be in that category, but it, it definitely needs a mention because he was a very memorable character. But Nero's wife, I would happily put in because her actions weren't like... Like, so Nero, for example, his character was more within the historical context, whereas Nero's wife, it was personal. Well, going back to our, our nominees, so Forrester from Planet of the Giants, he was the guy working with the scientist on that um, that chemical stuff, and he's the one that wanted, I don't know, XL, whatever it was, to go through. We really like Planet of the Giants, yeah, I suppose that that he didn't have so many scenes, but we put him in there because he was an important part of that story, um, and he was villainous. He was the evil science sort of scientisty, businessy person. So, well, he was the one within that story that was the evil. Out of any of, he was the only one in that whole story that had a very clear motive, and it was for evil. You know, even the scientists, to some extent. He once he found out what the guy was doing, he went along with it. But then, as it went on, he changed and he tried to like fix it. Whereas that, you know, Forrester, he was like the whole time his motive was evil. Doesn't it seem such a long time ago when we watched Planet of the Giants? <laughs> that was like at the beginning of lockdown when it was like, oh, it's sort of exciting, but not. And we've got to stay in, but we're watching Planet of the Giants, so it's fine. <laughs> Right, okay, and then moving on to the rescue. So Bennett in the rescue, oh, he was he deserves it. He deserves to be a villain, doesn't he? Because he also dressed up as Coquillian as well. He was <laughs> deceiving and um led Vicky on. Didn't he murder like her whole family and everybody else on the ship? Isn't he responsible for all of that? Well, I can't remember now. Could be. Wasn't he wasn't the story that he murdered? people or whatever and then he caused the crash to get him because they were going to arrest him i think anyway he, he he did some bad stuff on that planet he's a bad guy bad guy and he um he recorded that evil recording you can't come in you can't come in <laughs> <laughs> yeah villainous i mean it was only a two-part story but he really did make an impression in in and out of costume <laughs> yeah what a dick and then we have Elakia from the Crusade. Now he's the one, not Saladin, the higher up guy, but the the sort of lower down one that captures Barbara and caused all that tension and chased her around in those telesnaps, you know, through the streets. <laughs> we we've talked a lot about the Crusade, and we really enjoyed it. We both really enjoyed the Crusade, um, even with telesnaps. I know, amazing. That is a test of a story. If you enjoy it when half of it's missing, then... That scene when you're not sure what's going to happen to Barbara, I'm pretty sure it was all telesnaps, wasn't it? Yeah, most of it, yeah. And I genuinely was nervous. Like, I felt tense. I felt really tense. And I'm just going off audio and some and some still pictures. But I felt genuinely tense about what was going to happen. And was he going to get her? And she was creeping out there. 
and then he just and I felt that tension that like that is how evil that character is that I was concerned for her and her safety and what would happen it wasn't nice I'd never seen though that reconstruction before and I sort of knew what happened but because I all I I've got the CD so it's just you know Barbara runs around the street or where you know it's that I didn't when you're watching it with the telesnap so you really get a better picture of what is going on and yeah well, that tension comes through even with that so um, oh, amazing yeah really really good and he's such a bad guy he is the that's the thing he's the memorable bad guy not the Saladin who is the more well-known historical person that's higher up that doesn't really isn't in it as much yeah very memorable for us yeah and then we've got the monk from the time meddler yeah I'm still really surprised that you didn't enjoy the time meddler more than you did. I, if I was going to say out of all of this season, which one you would find intriguing and be a bit more excited about, I would have said it's the time meddler because the monk is the first character or the first bit of legend of Doctor Who that we find out a little bit more about somebody else from the Doctor's past or from his race. Or, but you, you weren't bothered. <laughs> And actually, we even talked about should you wanted the time meddler on this list. Is it his comedy-ness that you that you didn't want him in this category? I just didn't see him as a baddie in the same way. Well, he's not a baddie like Elakir baddie, like, but he is. He's manipulating things, and he's the whole situation that they're in is it's him that's messing with time and trying to change things. And I don't know. He is. Yeah, I think he's a baddie. When I think of villains. Or I think of the baddies. He's not someone that comes to mind. I th- maybe it's because he's not trying to cause them harm. Maybe that's why that guy comes in. He's giving him penicillin. Like he's not trying to hurt anyone. He's just selfish and he wants things. And he's trying to change things for his own way because he wants things his own way. Mm, that's interesting, yeah, because I think the monk and the time meddler are big fan favourites, I would say. But also, it's interesting you say that, because again, the whole point of this podcast is we're looking at this from different perspectives, and you're looking at this as a fan, so of course you're going to love those moments. This is where we're learning about the Doctor, and it says, I'm not there. I'm not like at a point where I'm wanting to do... I'm interested in the stories that are interesting stories. I enjoy things like The Crusade, and the ones with Nero in and stuff like that, you know, I've enjoyed those ones where it's been the storytelling and the stories and the characters. Um, I have enjoyed the ones more recently where we had like the museum, but I'm not really somewhere yet that I'm interested in piecing things for the future. Yeah. Okay. Well, 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 when you get to that point, let me know. Let me know when you get to that moment. There'll be a moment. It might be season three. It might be season 26. <laughs> but there'll be a moment. <laughs> Mark, don't get upset. I really, I loved that he had a TARDIS and I was really surprised. Like it was a, it was a big cliffhanger moment. I was really, you know, um, but it wasn't my standout. Okay. Right. Well, well. <laughs> Shall I announce our winner? Yes, please. And the winner for best villain is... Ella Kia for the Crusade. Yay! Yes. Ooh. Or even, yes, you'd say. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, the villain gets the <laughs> boo. 
think a worthy winner. Absolutely. He, the mo- he was the most villainous out of all of them. Yeah. Purely for the telesnap moment, he deserved to win. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, he was great. He was really good. And um, If someone can make a telesnap tense and exciting, they deserve to win. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> when, when when he was filming it, he obviously wasn't like, one day this will just be one photograph. I've got to make my whole performance shine through <laughs> for someone taking a photo up against their TV. <laughs> and in the future, in the future. Or, or that person watching in their basement who has that episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Elakia, yeah. And, well, I hope we get... Well, I, I sort of know, but hopefully in the other historicals that we get, there's some more sort of villain. I think the historicals are perfect for those villainous characters. Yeah. They work better, don't they, in that context. Like you said, in the historical context, it works a bit... It just works a bit better, and you, you get a sense of what they're doing and what they're capable of. And, it, and it's just a bit more realistic. It's the it's it's almost sort of like the violent nature, isn't it? It's like the cabin guy in Keys of Mariners, like I said. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you've got Bennett in the rescue, but he's dressed up half the time with bits of costume and stuff. Whereas Elakia, it's the historical. It's the time that they're in. It's a dangerous time, and we know that people are capable of that in that time or doing things in that time. So you know that the characters are in real threat rather than someone walking around the Space Museum with something that you don't know what it does or freezes you or something. Yeah. I wasn't really going to say that. <laughs> Let's move on to our next category. Best Supporting Character. And the nominees are... Tavius, the Romans. There was trouble, but I settled with it. Sophia, the Crusade. They'll find us... Tor, the Space Museum. No one would come to Xeros from choice. The Morox reputation is universal. Edith, the Time Meddler. Oh, please, sit down and rest before the fire. You must be tired after your journey. Another category with lots and lots of options. Lo- it, like, loads, loads of options. So people, just to mention some other people that we didn't have in, we did consider David and Jenny from Dalek Invasion of Earth. We also in, uh, considered this a poison lady would have gone. If she was going to be in it, she'd be in this category, but she wasn't really supporting character, so she couldn't really be. And also Morton Dill, who was that American guy on top of the Empire State Building, <laughs> just for a laugh. Um, I mean, David and Jenny from Dalek Invasion of Earth, Jenny does a lot with Barbara and obviously David marries susan and goes off but we didn't put david in because we realized that actually we don't know that much about him and he's not in it as much as you think he is even though he takes susan away at the end well takes her away marries her away whatever <laughs> and and same with jenny as well like she just wears a balaclava and is a bit moody she didn't do enough to be a supporting character yeah um so then our our nominees so tavius so he's the guy he buys Barbara at the slave auction so he has uh, a lot of scenes with her but then he's also the um the guy with the doctor uh, and involved in a bit of a plot so you you were quite keen on having him in the in this category weren't you you weren't sure if he was bad 
and then you found out he was good. And also, in terms of the, if we're going for supporting, he was always there. He was always there for the different characters in terms of like helping them. I thought he was great. I really liked his character. I mean, I'm probably not as keen on him as you are. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah, it's true that, yeah, he literally is a supporting character. He is around, involved in everything throughout the story. He's quite funny. But then, you know, he starts off, you think he's going to be another one of Barbara's, I was going to say Barbara's abusers, but, you know, it is almost. You don't know what he, how, how he's going to treat her. Um, and then when he does treat her nice and you're like, oh, okay. And then, yeah, okay, yeah. For, for his development throughout the story, yeah, okay, I, I see that. Um, and then we've got um, Sophia from the Crusade. She's the girl that um, Barbara hides with when the guards are after him in, in the thing. And and the, and the father says to Barbara, here's my knife, use it on her if you need to. Yeah. And she's left there. And I think, does why does Barbara leave it? No, Barbara gets caught and, the, and instead of the girl. So she leaves the girl hiding in the cupboard and then she goes out and gets taken away. And then you, find, you don't see her again, but you find out that she's all right at the end of the story. They mention her. And that, it was just a great moment. And it, yeah, okay, she's not a supporting character as in right through the story. What, she's probably only in it five minutes maximum. It has such an impact, that character. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. She just heightens that emotion and the tension in in that in that, those episodes. Uh, and I'm glad she's not on Teddy's nap. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I agree. Uh, no, she's a great character. Um, Tor? Tor, from the Space Museum, Vicky's love interest. And Converse wearer Tor. (laughs) We like Tor. Very much a saving grace in terms of characters in that episode as well. Yeah, like he's the leader of the teenagers there. He's a character where you want to see what happens next or where they go or, you know, and and that's a good sign of a character that you're, you're interested in. And, I mean, it's a shame because really he's only in those sort of two and a half, three episodes because we missed that. The first episode, they're walking around on different <laughs> time tracks or whatever, so they can't hear or see each other or however it works. So um, it's a shame you, it's not a longer story for that to develop a bit more. Um, but we really enjoyed that story. There are some terrible characters with the other the other guys, the um, the older characters. So maybe he stands up a little bit more out of the best of a bad bunch in a way as well. But he's got some good go about him and he wants he wants the change and he's a fighter. It's great how he works with Vicky and it just bringing all that together. He's we just really liked him. I think cuz I did enjoy that storyline despite the bad acting and I think it was him that helped. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because if he was a if he was as bad at acting as the others, it just would have fallen apart very quickly. Okay, and then we have Edith from the Time Meddler. This is you. Yeah, I know she's one of my new favourites now. Nobody knows she's called Edith. If you ask any fan, the woman from the Time Meddler, how many people out there know that she's called Edith? Nobody. <laughs> I mean, I didn't. I had to look it up. Edith, she's there. With her mead and her venison, whoever drops by, she's always there, ready. She gets attacked by Vikings, dusts herself down, carries on, <laughs> very friendly and warm. She's just a nice character. And she, and if she wasn't there, who is the Doctor talking to? 
on his own. He's got no one else to talk to in a lot of scenes. She holds that whole story together. It's Edith. Edith does it all. So, um, and I would love, I think, did I say this in the Time Meddler episode? I think Edith should travel with the Doctor. That'd be amazing. I didn't hate Edith, but that is such a broad statement. (laughs) She deserves her nomination. She went through a lot in that story. She deserves a nomination. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty kind to you. As we're going through these, I'm realising how kind I was to you on some of these nominations. Well, who else would you have had instead of Edith then? I wanted I wanted Morton Dill. <laughs> you can't have Morton Dill, that uh, some tourist on the <laughs> in America, up against Sophia, who's going to be murdered if she doesn't get, like, complete opposite characters. <laughs> The Sophia and Morton Dill adventures. But Edith had mead, so don't worry about it. (laughs) Edith, she has a horn of mead ready for you whenever you need it. (laughs) Well, should we announce our winner then? Yeah, I'll give you a hint, everyone. It ain't Edith. (laughs) (laughs) No, we have both agreed on this. Who's announcing it? Oh, I'm announcing it. So, I shall look in my... Golden envelope now. Best supporting character goes to Tor from Yay! the Space Museum. Tor. Yay, well done, Tor. Yes, well done, Tor. He is now in the Hall of Fame next to Ganatus. <laughs> it's a place to be. He did well because, okay, forget Edith, but the other ones were like pretty, like, tough. It was a tough category. A lot of debate happened on this. Our friendship was put to the test, and I gave you either. So it's a mixed category. <laughs> I thought it should have been Tavius, and you were like, "I don't think so." And then we ended up. We were like, we both agreed on Tor, so that's why we went with Tor. Okay, next category. Next category is best regular character. So we've got it's quite a bigger category than last year. We've got the Doctor, Susan, Ian. Barbara, Vicky, and Stephen. From beginning to end, we have changed all of our companions. I don't feel, personally, and we did talk about this again, honestly, like, listeners, this we've tested our friendship greatly with this. I don't feel that Stephen should be on this list. He is now a regular character. He needs to be there. I know he's only been in one story and he's not made much of an impression on you yet, but... I think, no, he he deserves to be there. And also, Susan, I don't think, should be there. Well, she's a regular character. She's She was in one episode, well, two, two, but you forget. (laughs) Well, that's fine. She still needs to be there. She might not win, but she still needs to be there. (laughs) If we were to have our four, for me, it would be Dr. Ian, Barbara, Vicky. Well, yeah, obviously Ian's got to be there, and he's now Sir Ian. I mean, Ian, he's just consistent throughout you know where you are with ian he's like a good sweater you know keeps you warm does the job reliable you know where it's at you know the thread count and um vicky um vicky didn't start off too well with us we had a few she took a bit of time to get going with her character like there was about three stories where she was sidelined quite a lot so she's only just sort of come into her own in the last couple of stories and you said that her character isn't to begin with wasn't how you remembered her to be the chase was the first story i saw vicky in and she's very different in that to 
rescue where planet and crusade where she's paired off with the doctor she's it's the chase onwards is where we really see vicky well actually no the space museum onwards wasn't it the story before she's she's got there and yeah she definitely deserves her place yeah and um well barbara i mean season two barbara you haven't had as many issues with season two barbara as you did with season one (laughs) barbara's a character's developed so much you don't even know sometimes where she'll go. Like the Ian, for example, like I said, he's reliable. You almost know what he'll be. In terms of storyline, you can kind of guess what will happen with Barbara. She'll probably be the damsel in distress. But actually, in terms of her actions and what she'll do, she's kind of like the doctor. You don't really know. It doesn't mean that she doesn't annoy me because of that. In the same way, it doesn't mean the doctor still doesn't annoy me. But it's it's nice. It's been really great to see. But yeah, season two, Barbara is great. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. I really like. Obviously, everyone loves Barbara. Everybody loves Barbara. Um, well, the Doctor is much more adventurous, friendly. No more dick moves. Well, maybe a few, but not not in the same way as season one Doctor would be. Like you say, he's a lot more playful. He's even up for a fight scene, and he's not afraid to be alone. I think like early on, like season one, they they were always paired off. They were always together and stuff. He's he's not afraid of that anymore. Yeah, he just gets stuck into the adventures more. He's just more. Where are we going? What are we doing? He's he's accepted Ian and Barbara. Obviously, he doesn't have the burden of Susan anymore, so that brightens things up. He gets on very well with Vicky. Um, he can joke and be playful with Ian and Barbara without throwing them off the ship suddenly. <laughs> so, and he's just more of the hero and the main character, and he is he is the Doctor, and he's yeah. I, I really enjoy when he's on the screen. Season two is how I imagine the Doctor to be. Yeah, it's the characters there now. Yeah, cool. So, shall we um, announce our winner? Yeah. Um, and the winner is my envelope. Barbara. I love sailing ships. Yes. Well, it was it was a tough one actually because we did talk about Ian, but this was obviously Barbara has now left. So this was the only chance we would be able to give Barbara this award. And I, she deserves it. She really does. She's done so much in her time. It was, it was definitely between Barbara and the Doctor, we felt. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, we did. Yeah. Also the Doctor as well for his character change. Yeah, definitely. Barbara and the Doctor have had the most change and the most interesting. And- yeah. And then Barbara is now... Next to Ian in our in our awards category for best regular character, there we are. Not bad for the first two winners. Who would have thought that when listening to me talk about Barbara in the first two or three episodes? Who would have thought that? Right, let's get on to the next category then. Who's reading this, you? So we have here the best story. So the nominees for the best story are Planet of Giants. Now, this is really baffling. The Romans. Well, what are you doing now, Lacosta? Preparing a very special poison, my child. I can guarantee its effect on the victim. 
Space Museum. We must do whatever is necessary to keep us out of those cases. The chase. I think there's a greater variety of stories this season than we had in season one. We've still got our mixture of historicals and future, but then we did have things like Planet of the Giants and the Time Meddler. Things are starting to get a bit more adventurous on the script writing side. (laughs) You know, they're mixing things up a little bit. They're not just, you know... (laughs) Not saying anything. I haven't said anything. I'll just say it now. We've got the giggles. We're sorry. I said the chase, um, <laughs> <laughs> and it set us off. So, just, Mark, just plow through. But if if okay, we, okay. Off, that's why we just got to keep going. We can't. Okay. okay. So obviously, we've we've narrowed it down to our, our favorite four. Um, Planet of the Giants. Let's um, because that was just so different, wasn't it? <laughs> I'm just looking at you. Okay, sorry. So Planet of the Giants was really different for us. And it was it we thought it was a great season opener. I don't know if anybody else did or ever has, but we just really liked it because it was so different. I loved it. I loved Planet of the Giants. I thought it was so different. Like so different to season one. It was a complete change. It was great. I've, like, I've nothing but praise for it. On that same note, the Romans, for a historical, the Romans were so different. When you're watching Reign of Terror, you would have never imagined that something like the Romans was coming up. No, sorry. <laughs> I keep thinking about the chase. <laughs> sorry. It will pass. It will pass. Um, what did you just say? <laughs> I said, like, the Romans was a very different type of historical. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, completely. It, the script felt completely different. We really enjoyed it, that one as well. This season, those two in particular, we enjoyed the Space Museum more than expected. Well, this is funny because our last year, last year, last season's winner, The Keys of Marinus, I would say it's probably in the same category as the Space Museum in a way, in that they're not the most loved stories. In fact, the Space Museum is probably the least, one of the least liked First Doctor stories. So, of course, we're going to like it. <laughs> Don't worry about though, Mark, because a lot more people like the Keys of Marinus and you've given it credit on social. Oh, yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, we did. There was a lot of, um, Marinus a lot of feedback on Keys of Marinus, but I don't know. I, Space Museum. It really, like, I was so surprised that that we enjoyed that. And it's that was a new thing for me for that. So that that's why it's definitely in the in the category there. Because, yeah, Space Museum, that was a revelation. Yeah. <laughs> that you enjoyed it or that, had you watched it? You must have watched it before. Yeah, but I, like a lot of these now we're going through, I'm concentrating a lot more on them and a lot more on the picking up things that I didn't so... Yeah, I'd watched it. It was these people arguing in a space museum, but I didn't get the characters. I didn't really get, you know, where it was in Vicky's sort of timeline and and the bickering between Ian and Barbara picked up on that a lot more. Mm. It, it seemed very out of place in watching them in order and suddenly in the space museum they're, they're being a bit funny and Ian's in a mood. You pick up on those sort of things when you watch them in order. Yeah, we just we just enjoyed it because it was funny and there were 
funny things to talk about in it as well. You know, you notice, you know, the converse and stuff. Um, and then, of course, the chase, <laughs> the chase, the chase. My favourite first Doctor story has to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not your favourite. No, I'm sorry. It's got the Daleks in. But you must appreciate the variety in that story, all the different places they went to. Yeah, I, like, it deserves to be in that list. There will be people disappointed that um, Dalek Invasion of Earth isn't on this list. Oh, I didn't even write it down on the thing. I completely forgot about that one. <laughs> it could have been there. It really could have been there. If we hadn't have liked Planet of the Giants so much, I think Dalek Invasion of Earth would be the next one. Oh, but then the Crusade was so great. Oh. And the Time Meddler. And the Time Meddler's really good. You could not have had two Dalek stories in there. Yeah, the chase is only on there because it's my favourite story. But... <laughs> you couldn't have had two. And however great the Invasion of Earth one is, it is quite long. And the most memorable thing I take away from it is... Um, well, no, actually, I think I take like three memorable things away from it. The Daleks going over London Bridge, Barbara being badass. It's like a milk float thing, isn't it? And um, Susan going. They're the three things that I take out of that seven. It's seven episodes, isn't it? Six. Six. Oh, felt like seven. Well, you know, actually, looking at all these stories in the season, I could nominate them all apart from the Web Planet. That's the only one that wouldn't make the list. I do like them all, actually. I don't think I'd put the rescue. I'm not against it. I just don't think it's an episode. Like it, It's pretty bland. And yeah, we'd never have the web planet. I think actually two two of the least favourite ones on there from fans is Planet of the Giants and the Space Museum that have made it. I think if that was left up to anyone else, they would not be nominated. <laughs> but um, let's announce our winner then. Yeah. And the Doska for Best Story goes to the Romans. Ooh, we love the Romans. Yeah. yeah, it was good. So many good characters. It's got Poison Lady in it. Nero, it's got the comedy, it's got the sort of horror, it's got the lions, it's got Ian Rowing, it's got Tavius, it's got fire in the studio, it's got everything. <laughs> it's got fights in the studio. It's great. Okay, so then we're going from best story to worst moment, one of my favourite categories. <laughs> Last Oscars, we had a bit of a strange category with that because we sort of mixed up worst moment as in worst production moment and worst sort of character moment. It was a bit of a mix. These are more worst sort of production moments. The nominees for worst moment are the whole of the web planet. <laughs> it's got to be there. Quillian's costume from the rescue. Mr. Bennett, may I remind you that masks and robes such as you are wearing are only used on absolutely ceremonial occasions? The bad acting in the Space Museum. As for the aliens who have just landed, we may even be able to add to the museum. And the robot doctor in the chase. Success! Paramount success! It is impossible to distinguish from the original. Now, these are really 
that you know we've said great stories really good stories and actually you know production wise nothing's absolutely terrible i mean yeah maybe sandy and and coquillian's costume is probably oh yeah i forgot about some of the web planet but okay nothing too bad um i mean i've just accepted now that this is what it is and you're going to get this because there was nothing really in season one where you were very in terms of production i mean yeah edge of destruction comes up to haunt us a lot but it wasn't produced badly as in it was a bad script and maybe some of the acting wasn't great but there wasn't anything you know costume wise or set wise that was so bad i mean when there was in the keys of marinus it was stuff that we we sort of liked. yeah but then the web planet you get to season two and something like the web planet i think has been our biggest production disaster in a way where it's been so bad it's not been the keys of marinus bad it's been web planet bad which is just not great camera work not great costume it feels not things haven't gone come together and it's not watchable whereas something like keys of marinus or even the sensor rights yeah okay the costumes weren't amazing but the web planet is just really the worst sort of production values that we've had so far, I think. I think it's because, though, so much of season two is good that you notice when things are bad. Planet of the Giants. There's so much of that episode where I was amazed that it was the 60s. You know, like, they were so big and, you know, the sets that they must have been on and things like that and just all that stuff. And you get that, you get the scale, you get that giant ant, you get like all of that stuff. And then you get something like the web planet or you get the mechanoids, that well thought out monster, that robot monster to fight the Daleks. And then you get all the monsters in the web planet. And also, I mean, you have like planet invasion earth, I've forgotten what it's called, the Dalek one, but that you that's like a movie. You cannot have production values like that. And then the costume that you get in The Rescue, the next episode. Yeah, and yeah, stuff like The Rescue. Yeah, it's a nice little two-parter. You know, really great character moments between the Doctor and Vicky. And yet you just get Sandy and Coquillian. If they were just better designed or thought through, it just it would just raises up the whole story even more the believable characters and then you just get something like Coquillian and it just takes you out of it just for a moment. You're just like, oh, what is he wearing? What is that? His costume is terrible. It's awful. It's so poor. All you remember, yeah, you just remember that bad costume. Yeah. And then also, well, then going on to the Space Museum, a story that we really like, but it's known for really bad acting from the from the Morogs and especially that leader guy who's just awful that we've said, you know, just saying he's like, you know, bad dialogue, bad act. People, you remember that and then you forget about the really, the nice revolution stuff between Tor and Vicky and, and, and those moments. All you're concentrating on is, oh, what are they doing? What are these people in bad acting in this space museum? What is going on? And that, you know, that's what you remember. The one saving grace for me on this is yes it was bad but it felt more like over the top bad like really like amateur bad and it's nowhere near as bad as the web planet but at least in the web planet 
the actors that are the Monoptera, they're doing all of, you know, they're doing their movements and their voices, and they're trying so hard to be these alien characters. They are putting in 110%, whereas I feel like in the Space Museum, that leader guy, I just think it's laziness. I think he just doesn't want to be there, and he's just, I'll say these lines, I don't care what I'm in. He's not trying, that's what I think. He's just, what am I doing here? Who set me up for this job? I'm just going to say it and get out of here. It feels like that actor has no interest in the story or what is going on or what he's doing at all. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I don't know. I I kind of, I don't look at it with any seriousness. and I don't think it annoys me, which is surprising for me because quite often I get annoyed by stuff. And then we are on to the next, which is um, Robot Doctor. Robot Doctor. Now, you really wanted Robot Doctor on here. Oh, yeah. I, oh, Robot Doctor. Robot Doctor. Well, maybe, see, the thing is, because The Chase was my first video, I have grown up watching Robot Doctor on The Chase. I've watched it many, many times, so it's not really a shock to me. <laughs> oh, it was, I burst out laughing. It was ridiculous. It doesn't look like him. What, what I think made it funnier is, no, it, it was the fact that, they used the real doctor sometimes as the robot doctor and then the fake doctor as a real one at times when they meant to use the other one. Not There was one point of it. A few points here for the production team for working that out. You're, you're making this programme, you're filming it as live and you have to have two of the same character. How do you get around doing that? You film a couple of close-ups of William Hartnell to edit in when you have to see his face, but then you've got to work out the logistics of seeing William Hartnell as a doctor and then from behind you see the duplicate and then there is that point we did work out where, yeah, where they would have had to use, they had to swap around because otherwise they wouldn't have been able to film it in one go. Um, So, okay, points for that. And the fight between them, that's, you know, William Hartnell's doing his, another fight scene again with, you know, it's a quite a violent fight with the sticks and stuff. Um, what doesn't really work, though, is William Hartnell has recorded the lines for the robot. And then you've got that guy sort of miming along, doing the mannerisms, doing these like <laughs> mannerisms that don't go along. I mean, it, I don't think he, I think the guy, I think the robot, got, the double guy's taller than William Hartnell. He's not the right shape for for a double. Only because someone like had it on Facebook recently. There's a guy that plays William Hartnell in New Doctor Who isn't there. No, spoilers. No, 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 I know. And it had it as a still on the picture. So, and it was, you know, they're like, but it was a friend and they were like, oh, this is my favourite episode. This is on YouTube, this clip from it. It's in the museum. And it had a still, and the and I, I instantly looked, and I was like, "That guy is supposed to be William Hartnell." I didn't watch it; I'm not allowed. But I knew just from that alone that that is what that was trying to be. Now, look, it's the sixties. They've probably got like a really tight turnaround. They've gone. We need an old man with white hair. Probably what they've done. But it doesn't look like him. It just doesn't look like him. I mean, I've got longer hair. I've got my um, first Doctor hair back at the moment. My hair is long and I've slicked it back. I could be the double 
<laughs> the way I'm looking at the moment. If we if we dyed your hair, Mark, you could look like the Doctor right now as much as that guy. He comes off and it is so off. Like none of the mannerisms match up. His his thinking is so off. It could not be more off. And so instantly you're like, I'm not sold on this at all. Imagine the person being like on on the set, being like ready to press play on the I don't know, on the ring, being like ready any moment. And then he's there waiting to mime along. And it's just that few seconds out when they press play and it starts. Because surely the other doctor was off and just speaking. I I think he would have recorded it, I think. There's definitely one of the scenes, I'm sure of it, where the doctor is just speaking and it's not recorded. There's something, the way it sounds. It sounds like it sounds like he's been active before. The way it sounds could be because they wouldn't have. Um, I don't think they would have done any dubbing or anything in those days. No. I don't think they would have been able to go back and do stuff over the top. No, which now you know that's the first option nowadays, isn't it? Not just like I. I just I don't know. I just imagine someone pressing play off off set, just ready on this cassette, just to be like yeah, yeah. <laughs> infiltrate and kill. I think he was on the set and said the lines and the actor was like mimicking the lines. <laughs> Whatever way, he's a couple of seconds out and doing it very badly. So out. It's just a, a, an annoying thing. You get people that are like, like, oh, this is the list of everyone that's played the doctor. Right. And you have all the, you know, all the actors there, but then you get people that are like, well, this guy played the doctor in the chase. So he's, you know, He's an actor that's played the Doctor, and you get people that put in like anyone, anyone that's been like a Yawn. cameo. That's what I say to that. Like that, do you know? I don't know why that annoys me. And even like the film Peter Cushing, the film Doctor, are like, well, he's a Doctor. He's played the Doctor. He's on the list of, you know, all the do- and it's like, no, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why that that annoys yeah, me. I don't know. Do. I just don't like. I don't. I'm like already non- annoyed. The minute you said, well. Like, no, Robot Doctor doesn't count. He's shit. Anyway, shall we announce our worst moment, our winner? Yeah. Well, that's me, isn't it? Yeah. And the Doska for worst moment goes to... Is it you or is it... Well, you oh, no, it's you, sorry. It's me, isn't it? Hang on. Sorry. Stealing my thunder. And the winner is... The Robot Doctor in the Chase. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. We did talk about the whole of the web planet, and it is pretty bad. But we also were like, we've given it credit in other places for trying, and it's even though it's really bad, they did try to do something good. Yeah, the robot doctor—it's just a production thing where they could have just tried a little bit better, and maybe that's all. Yeah, I mean, and that, if that's you know, these are the worst moments in the season. It's a good season overall. If these are the only worst moments we can find apart from the web planet, um, then actually it's not a bad season at all. No, we had no runners-up. Right, and now that brings us to our last category. And uh, we've had an update since last season, as um, Ian Chesterton is now Sir Ian. Uh, So this is now the Sir Ian Chesterton Heroic Moment Award. This is the one Oscar that all of our characters want to win. We have five for this. The nominees for the Sir Ian Chesterton Heroic Moment Award are... 
Barbara driving a bus through the Daleks in Dalek Invasion of Earth. Janet, there's a whole bunch of them ahead of us. Shall we jump for it? No, I'm going through. The Doctor's fight in the Romans. Barbara saving Sophia in the Crusade. Where did you come from? I, I was hiding in the shadows. Who hid you in this place? No one. Oh, what does it matter? You found me. That's what you wanted, wasn't it? Barbara saving Daco from paralyzing gas in the Space Museum. Come on. Come on. <coughs> and Ian fighting throughout the whole season. <laughs> There we are. There were some big moments here. Some really heroic, heroic times. You know, especially for Barbara. There we are. Barbara is up for three moments. Which is why she won her her award. This is her justification for it. Driving a bus through the Daleks is such a memorable moment. It must have been amazing for the kids watching it at the time to be like, yes, you know, seeing all these group of Daleks mowed down. Uh, and it's filmed really well. Again, on location, you know, location stuff in that story, it just brings it to life. I mean, imagine if they could have done, you know, a little model bus and some model Daleks or something, but they went out and they filmed it, you know. So, and it just makes it more real and it makes the whole situation more realistic. And we've already talked about Barbara and Sophia in the Crusade. Again, that I think that is one of the biggest heroic moments because that that has the real element of danger and we know what the consequences could be yeah she sacrifices herself which is it's great very heroic but maybe a little bit less heroic than that moment barbara saving the uh one of the teenagers from the gas in the space museum um yeah okay i think that moment's there because actually she could have just collapsed and not done anything she persevered and tried to help him for about an episode and a half. Old Barbara would have just collapsed, but this Barbara gets him up and fights through. Let's look at previous Barbara, who was too weak in the first Dalek episode to move and had to have a child run through a jungle. Now she is taking the child. Big steps. Big steps completely turned around you know near one of her first story the second story she's in she's in a metal space place being radiated the second to last story she's in she's in a metal space place (laughs) being gassed and the reactions are complete opposite (laughs) the doctor's fight in the romans we had to put that in there because very unexpected moment he just goes for it doesn't he he's loving it yeah, he goes for it. He proper goes for it. It's, out of, it's like straight away, out of nowhere, like a pro. He does a couple of things. He does a, has a quick quick moment in the crusade and he um, and he fights his robot double as well. So he's a very action, he's an action doctor in this uh, series. He's not, because actually you could have called him a little bit of a, I mean, not a coward in season one, but he would avoid any conflict or he would get want to get out of that situation or put someone else in front i.e. Ian or someone in that situation instead. But now that Roman spy is after him, he's got to deal with it and he deals with it and he just gets on with it and does it now. Whereas before, I don't think that would have happened in season one. No, 
And this particular moment is the first time we see it. You're like, whoa, where did that come from? And then just going on to fighting, Ian fighting, obviously the Crusade, there's a lot of fighting in that. The Romans, Space Museum, he, he takes on two or three, doesn't he, at once. He's consistently fought people throughout history <laughs> in a variety of different ways. With Ian, there's skills that we don't even know he has skills in that suddenly appear in his fighting, like being a gladiator. At what point, as a science teacher, would have he had the time to learn to prepare to be a gladiator? Because up to this point, there's not even been that much. Like, And he's really particular skills he has in things as well. Like, yeah. Um, Go Ian, Ian and his fighting. He, is he still your hero after all this time? Oh yeah, oh yeah, he's still my hero. Well, what? Who will win this this heroic moment? Who is the winner of the Sir Ian Chesterton Award? The winner of the Sir Ian Chesterton Award, Heroic Moment Award is Barbara driving a bus through the Daleks. Yes. Yes. It's a big breakthrough moment for her, which leads to other things that happen, but that is a big moment. Yeah, she could have just reversed that milk float and gone around the other way, but she decided to go straight through those Daleks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, I did forget it was it was a milk float or something, wasn't it? Anyway, <laughs> it sounds a bit less heroic now it's a milk float. Because uh, <laughs> Jenny was like, we can't get through or something. She's like, yes, we can. But down. Yeah. Great moment for Barbara. You don't expect it either. They're the best moments when you don't expect it. No, yeah, exactly. And that's why that's why she's a winner. And congratulations, Barbara. Double award winner. Yeah, we will be heading towards season three very soon. Is there anything that you want to see coming up or anything other stuff stuff that you've enjoyed in season two you want to continue or what do you want to what do you want to discover or um or have more of i want i enjoy the comedy moments and i want those to sort of develop um things like when we've had the nero stuff which we've had more of this season with the doctor even when he's by himself you've been able to enjoy those lighter moments and I want better costumes. Yeah. Like monsters or? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like the historical ones are great and it's BBC. So like, it's going to be great. That's what they do. But the monsters when it's weak, it's really weak. I think we that's going to be a... I mean, it's what Doctor Who's known for sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So it? if you're asking for my wishes moving so forward, it's those. Okay, cool. That's exciting. Another season down. It's not... But it's not I mean, <laughs> we're getting through them quite quickly, considering. Making me get through quickly. So, yeah. You cracked the whip. Well, that that concludes our Doscars ceremony for season two. Uh, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how things change in the next series. Um, so 
thank you everybody for listening and thanks for all of your feedback from the episodes. It's good to know that what people think about the stories, if they agree with us or not, it's nice to know. <laughs> uh, so we will see you again very soon for season three. Yeah. Bye. See you then. Two. Watch who? Hey, Doctor Who, what are you talking about?